0: This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Mike Kalstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. God's good, isn't he? Yeah. Well, you all enjoying the weekend, I hope. You know, can't complain about the weather, can you? Well, somebody probably could, but you know, uh, for uh, all intent and purpose, what a, what a weekend we're having. Praise God. You, you know, some people, though, they want to uh, accentuate the fact that it was cloudy for the three or four days leading up to it or something. You know, once you get happy, you know, that's my idea for you. You want some advice? Get happy. Praise the Lord. Yeah, amen. Praise God. Did y'all bring a Bible with you this morning? Let's open our Bibles to Matthew chapter 9, if you can find that opening in your Bible. Of course, we want to uh, <clears throat> welcome all of our online viewers. So glad you can be with us, all you Labor Day vacationers, wherever you find yourselves. Praise the Lord. I hope you, well, I hope you're up. And then if you're up, we, we hope you got a Bible there somewhere handy. And uh, no, really, the reality is we appreciate you spending uh, 45 minutes to an hour with us this morning. We're, we're believing God for good things to happen. Amen. So no matter where you are, uh, you can open up, open up your hearts to receive from heaven. Amen. Praise God, and God will bless you for that. I want to mention something to you. I'm sure it'll be in the announcements, but I want to emphasize it. Next week we're having our our church picnic, and we want all of you to show up. All of you that are out there online, we want you to come as well. You need to register for that. It simply uh, can be done if you go to myfc.info. I'm sure that you can do that. And uh, but we're going to have a great time. And and the reason that this is important is there's food involved no actually the reason that this is important is is that we need community and we need one another people have been conditioned to stay to themselves and all kinds of things here of late and um, i just know that we need one another and so i want to encourage you to uh, be a part of that it'll afford you an opportunity to get acquainted with others maybe that you don't know within the body life of our church and uh, we, we are people of like precious faith. And so I really want to encourage you, make sure that you register and be a part of that. It's cheap. I mean, I don't know if you've noticed, if you go out to have a little bite to eat someplace, guess what? You're not doing it for four bucks anymore. How many of you realize that? Well, so what we're doing here is pretty inexpensive in that context. I want to mention to you also that we are going to be having communion today. So I want you to prepare your heart. I have a message, I guess. As I prepared it, I thought, you know, okay, what's this got to do with whatever? But, you know, God is able to weave all of this together. And then the second thing uh, I wanted to mention to you is is that we are going to be praying for the sick. So if you have a a condition or an ailment, an ill ill condition of some nature, uh, toward the end of the service, we're going to be praying for people uh, that are sick. The Bible says we shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So, ministry to the sick through the laying on of hands is biblical. And uh, so we're going to be doing that. And again, if you have a a situation in your life that you'd like to uh, have and receive ministry with or towards, we're here. Praise the Lord. And it'll be great. All right. Did you all find Matthew chapter 9? Let's pray together and uh, we'll get into what I want to share with you today. Father, we're just so grateful for this day that you've made for us, to rejoice and to be glad in. We thank you, Father, for the life that is in Christ Jesus. That same life, Father, has been imparted to those who have chosen to bow their knee to the Lordship of Jesus. Hallelujah. And so we thank you today, Father God, for what it is that you have done, what you've instituted to bring life and liberty and freedom to mankind. And so God help us as we look into the word of God today to take you at your word, to believe what it is that you have declared, to exercise faith in those things, Father, that you have promised. And I just thank you, Father, for your blessing in every person's life. In Jesus' name, amen. You know that Jesus' life is the greatest life of all. I mean to know him, hallelujah, and to be able to walk with him, to live with him, to obey and follow him. It's the greatest life, hallelujah. It it affords peace, it affords joy, it affords happiness. And you know, so much of the time in our lives, sometimes we can get so fixated on what's not right that we kind of miss the forest for the trees. And we really don't appreciate the life that we have in him. Yes, there's challenges. No question about it, life is filled with all kinds of interesting things for us to have to deal with. But thank God, our Heavenly Father sent us the greatest gift in the form of his Son so that you and I could live. Hallelujah. Can you shout, amen? amen? Praise God! You know, you ought to just applaud Jesus for what it is He's done. Amen. Really, you ought to give Him some glory, Hallelujah, for what it is that He has done for you. You know, we don't pause enough to thank God. Amen. You know, uh, this morning we were getting ready and we were in the bathroom. You know, getting around this and that and the other, and and we had Jerry Savelli. He uh, he'd put a uh, Oh, he did a a message, The Fourth Man in the Fire. It was kind of inspired by uh, Oral Roberts. So he's preaching this message, and I mean, man, he's getting after it. And, you know, I was in there, I was listening to it, you know. (laughs) And uh, he said something, I don't remember what it was, and then I started shouting, hallelujah, and my wife shouted, me down. I said, what are you doing? She says, well, I can't hear what he's saying. If you're going to praise God, i got to turn it up, you know. (laughs) I tell you, the Jesus life is awesome to know him, to love him, and to appreciate what it is that he's done in our lives. Amen? It's the best. It is the best. To obey him. I mean, you know, I mean, many of you, I mean, uh, maybe that you've grown up as a believer and a Christian all your life, but but many of the rest of you, you did not. And you experienced the hard and the harsh... uh, uh, Tyranny of sin, you know? And there are a lot of folk out there, man, they need Jesus. They need his love. They need to know that, praise God, he loved them so much that he was willing to give his life for them in their mess and in their sin and in their wrongdoing. I'm telling you what, sin is a hard taskmaster. Huh? The Bible says the way of the transgressor is hard, and it is. You know, people are are led to believe. They believe the lie that they don't need God, you know. But yet again, the Bible says a fool has said in his heart, there is no God. I got news for you. There is a God. And he sent his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, as a sacrifice for you and for me. So that, praise God, we could have life and have it more abundantly. And that is our pursuit. Amen. Amen. Now, you know, in our preaching, a lot of people, you know, they may not agree with this, that, or the other. But, you know, that's really beside the point. Thank God if you can find it in the Bible, you can have it. And the last time I read the word of God in John chapter 10 and 10, Jesus said he came so that I could have life as God knows it and life more abundantly. Hallelujah. That's in the Bible. So I'm going to believe it. You know, there'll be a lot of naysayers. There'll be all kinds of people, you know, that find reasons why not to believe the Word of God. You know, they'll, they'll, they'll judge what it is that Jesus has said in the light of their experience. They'll say, well, you know, if he came to give us life, then how come I da-da-da-da-da-da-da? Well, you know, I'm sure there are reasons. You know, I may not know all those reasons, but, you know, I'm going to stick with what the Bible says. Amen because again you're always going to have people that try to take away from the truth of God's word. Are you with me? I I've, I've shared this story before but when Joan and I were first in ministry, real young, 20 oh, I don't know, 3 4 years old maybe. You know, and and uh, we were uh, <clears throat> invited to have a meal, take a meal for lunch with some people and uh and, and really, it was a discussion the, the whole reason for it is is that this group had been praying for someone, and um, they are praying for their healing, and't they didn't, they didn't live. They died. And so the whole reason for the the meal and the discussion is is to answer the question, "How come?" And uh, <clears throat> So again, you know, when we sat down and began talking about it, Um, they basically started speaking very disparagingly with regard to the theology that it is the will of God to heal everybody. You know? How many of you know God wants to heal everybody? But not everybody gets healed. Are you listening to me? You know, how many of you know the Bible makes it clear that God isn't willing that any should perish? God wants everyone to be saved. Yet the truth is, is not everyone's going to be saved. All right, now is that God's fault? And so in this particular situation, you know, as we were discussing it, I was just astounded at the, you know, that scripture in the Bible when Jesus said, don't ever be concerned about what it is that you need to say when you get in these situations, because I'll fill your mouth. Dude, I'm telling you, he was filling my mouth. And I'm sitting there and I'm talking, and on the other side, I'm having a conversation with myself thinking, I didn't, I didn't even know I knew that. That's really good, you know. And anyway, so we're talking about it and things of that nature. And so uh, it got, I wouldn't say it got heated, but it got pretty uh, stiff in the conversation. And finally, <clears throat> after quite a long uh, discussion about a number of different things, you know, I finally, well, it kind of welled up on the inside of me. And I just said, you know what, I don't know why this person died. I said, but this I know. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And what he has done for one, he will do for all. I can't explain everything that goes on in a person's life with regard to why. You know, the Bible says the secret things belong to the Lord, the things that are revealed belong to us and to our children forever. There are things that we know, there are things we don't know. But I tell you what, praise God, I was glad that my wife and I could stand there as a representative of the king and say, praise God, that he is still the healer even though you buried the woman. Okay? Now when we get to heaven, you know, thank God Jesus will be able to get all that figured out. Amen. And, and the reason is, is, you know, that I share that with you this morning is, is because, again, you're always going to have people, you're always going to have skeptics. You're always going to have those that detract or try to take away from the truth of God's Word. And again, a lot of times it's usually couched within their own personal experience. And how many of you know your experiences are very real? You know, what it is that has happened, whatever it is that's gone on within your life, I mean, it's real. And so, you know, when you begin to look at the Word of God, the perfect law of liberty, as it's described as, you know, <clears throat> when you look at the experience in the light of that, uh, sometimes there's some there's some disparity. But don't let that deter you. Because most of the time, a lot of times, the reason that we end up in the shape that we're in is because of what we don't know. You know, in Hosea four six, the Bible says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. There are a lot of things I didn't know as a teenager. I didn't even know I was lost. How many of you, before you met Jesus, How many of you didn't even know you were lost? I didn't know I was lost. I mean, it wasn't until somebody pitched the gospel to me and said, you need Jesus. Now, I knew that on the inside, but I had to meet the conditions in order to receive him. And that meant that I had to surrender my heart, my life, and everything, everything to him in order to be saved. And I really wasn't ready to make that decision. How many of you can attest to the same? You know you need to, but... You're having a struggle because you're going to have to give up this and this and this and this. And all the things that the devil tells you that you have to give up really aren't worth keeping anyway. Amen. Thanks for your enthusiasm. Hallelujah. But, you know, I finally got to the place where it never mattered. It didn't matter anymore. I knew he was real. I knew that he had come for me. And that if I would surrender my life, if I would bow my knee, if I would make him Lord, he would change my life forever. And thank God I did. Amen. Amen. How, how, I mean, to know what it is that God would do in my life or our lives, I mean, it is astounding what it is God has done to deliver us from the penalties of sin. That's why the Bible says that sin shall not have dominion over you. Thank God we don't have to live bound by sin. Are you listening to me? Why? Because he's made you more than a conqueror through him that loved you. Hallelujah. He's put you in a different kind of position. He's placed you in a, in, a, in, a, in a realm, praise God, or a level, if you want to call it that, likened to himself. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad for that? You ought to give him one more shout and another applause. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. You know, because God has done things for us so that we could enjoy his life and be blessed. <clears throat> Did you all find Matthew chapter 9? I know I asked you that quite a long time ago. We better read it because sometimes I get to go on glory to God and well, then I don't get some other things done. Matthew chapter 9 and verse 35. <clears throat> and the Lord Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Now, it doesn't say specifically that everybody got healed. But he did heal every type or kind of sickness and every kind or type of disease among the people, right? Because if 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 preaching the gospel does not produce faith, in the heart of the, uh, the person, then nothing's going to happen. But obviously, he communicated a message that caused faith to rise into the hearts of these people, and they were healed. So let's read it again. Again, Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness, <clears throat> thank God, and every disease, among the people. But when when he, Jesus, saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted. Now, some of your Bible translations will say that they were harassed, or it might say that they were helpless. You know, people that don't have Christ in their lives are helpless. Many of them, in their arrogance, think they're so smart And really, the fact of the matter is they're fools. So the Bible says that when he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion because they fainted, again, were harassed and helpless. You know, the Amplified says because they were bewildered, harassed, distressed, and dejected and helpless. Because they fainted or were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. And then Jesus said, the harvest, the harvest, the harvest. Everybody say harvest. Harvest. The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. You know, when you look at everything going on in the world, you have to ask yourself the question, how in the world do you help <laughs> this this perishing mess that we've got going on? You know? How do you help the condition of mankind? What What is the answer? <clears throat> and uh, I'm going to get a drink of water so that you guys don't try to clear your throat for me while I'm trying to preach. Okay. <clears throat> you know, try, trying to help. <clears throat> Little commercial here about Fiji water. There you go. Stuff is smooth, baby. I'm telling you, it's the stuff. Anyway, <clears throat> how do you fix what's going on in the world? You know, it seems to indicate. Now, you think about this with me for a, matter, for a moment. If, if anybody um, would have the ability to fix all the ills and the problems and everything that's in the world, it would be God, wouldn't it? Now, Jesus was his son, right? He was the son of God, and he was sent. He came, all right, and, and, and the Bible tells us that it seems at least, you know, when you think about it, that Jesus' answer, you know, or his method to addressing the human suffering and the need that was in the world was to preach the gospel of the kingdom, Okay? You know, Paul said that God chose through the foolishness of preaching that people would get saved. You know? A lot of folk, they don't have, you know, much time for the kingdom of God and the things of God. But I'll tell you what, praise God, there's a lot of answers for people that need them. <clears throat> but it seems odd. I mean, you know, when you think about it, I mean, he didn't set up some, you know, administrative agency, you know, to... to uh uh Oversee and take care of the feeding of the poor. Now, I'm not trying to suggest we shouldn't feed the poor because, after all, you know, when you look at Jesus' ministry, we know that he was in the habit of giving to the poor. We know that on two different occasions he fed over 9,000 people. So feeding the poor and, you know, giving to the poor was certainly a part of what it is that he did, you know, but he didn't go about to set up, you know, judicial sites He didn't take his 12 disciples and a few others and say, okay, now you go over here and here and here, and we're going to listen to everybody's mess, and you guys are going to judge, and we're going to figure out. You know, God tried that once. It didn't work out too well, you know, because people still have problems that they have to deal with. So he didn't set up judicial sites so that everyone, you know, could have their wrongs righted. Any of you had something wrong done to you? You ever been mistreated? They've been abused, taken advantage of, any of those kind of things. Huh? Well, if you're a human being, you have. But he didn't set up these these places where you could go and, you know, let people know what you think. You know, he didn't even he didn't go about, it. he didn't even go out to, you know, set up some kind of a new government so that everything could be evenly distributed, you know, to everybody so that everyone could get their fair share. You know, because the redistribution of wealth, you hear it all the time now, it is a fallacy. It, it does not exist. Are you listening to me? Now, I'm not trying to suggest that people are not mistreated. I'm not, I'm not saying that things need to be different. But if you think, I mean, if you took all the wealth and you did it, redistributed it to everybody, I will guarantee you it will all end up in the hands of the same people that had it before. <clears throat> For lots of different reasons, so note, the Bible says that Jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching and preaching the gospel of the kingdom. So, in other words, you know, if help was to be provided, we're talking about God and His helping humanity. Isn't that right? His method or 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 answer to fixing the problems that are in people's lives is to send people to preach and teach the gospel of the kingdom. Would you agree with that? Huh? That's what Jesus did. I mean, and, and again, he came, you know, to, to, to fix the world, if that's the right way, you know, to, to, to say it. So in other words, if helps to be provided for the overwhelming need of mankind, it's going to have to be done through the declaration of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, through the revealing of the truth. Now, here's the hitch. The hitch is is getting people to believe it, huh? Because again... Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, but that faith, you know, wherever it, well, I should say it this way, the message that Jesus preached, wherever it would produce faith, it produced a change in people. If there was unbelief, it did nothing. It helped no one. And they went back to arguing and excusing and accusing and doing whatever it is that they did because they they wouldn't believe. They had the Thomas kind of faith. Well, thank God we don't want that. We want Abraham's kind of faith. The Bible says that God spoke to Abraham, and the Bible says that Abraham believed God, and it was accounted unto him for righteousness. Everybody say, I'm a believer. Praise God. Because believing is what gets the job done, or at least puts you in a position to receive. I think about Jairus. You know, when he came to Jesus, his daughter was near death, and he said, if you'll come, you know, my daughter will live. And he said, I'll come and heal her. So they're on the way. The woman with the issue of blood interrupts that whole process. She gets healed by the power of God. Hallelujah. Everybody say healing is for today. Yeah, absolutely. Well, in the meantime... People came from Jairus' house and said, trouble the master no further. Your daughter is dead. In other words, your hope, your desire, what it is you want to see have happen in this situation, there is no longer a possibility for that to occur. Now, what did Jesus do? I mean, you know, most of the time when you get an evil report, I mean, uh, it's a little rough. But Jesus turned to Jairus and told him, looked him right in the eyes and said, don't be afraid, what's the next two words? Huh? Only believe. I'm telling you, God can do amazing things where faith can be found. He can turn people's circumstances around. Well, they went to the house, you remember the story, and there were people there consoling the mother, I'm sure, and... You know, this and that, and going through whatever rituals that they have within the context of their culture. And Jesus said, the damsel's not dead. She's asleep. Well, they had went from being sorrowful and weeping and consoling to the Bible says that they laughed him to scorn. You know what scorn is? I mean, they were mad at him. Well, you know, that can happen. But you know what Jesus did? He sent them all home. I said, he sent them away. He got rid of the problem, the unbelief, and all of the things that were represented in what they thought about the situation. And there were only three, one, two, three, four, five, three disciples, and mom and dad, they were the only ones that went into that bedroom. And he spoke to that girl, and he said, damsel arise and guess what she got up I said she got up but you know it's an important dynamic within our lives to understand the fact that people that believe God are precious they're they're precious because you you, you don't it's a it's a precious commodity because you don't always find it it's like colorado peaches you got to get them while you can Because there's this window, and after that, it's over. Are you listening to me? How many of you went out and bought some peaches? Weren't they good? Now, you might have bought some, you know, that were all pithy and they weren't too good or whatever. I don't know nothing about that. But I'm telling you what, they are the real deal. Well, where was I? I was talking about how doubt and unbelief can kill what it is that God wants to do in your life. But thank God we are not of those that draw back under perdition or destruction, but those that believe to the saving of the soul. And that's what's important for us to understand. Amen? You know what? People need to realize, you know, well, let me say this first. You know, if you want your problems fixed in your life, the answer is found in the Word of God. Now, let me qualify that because a lot of our problems aren't necessarily with us. Okay? A lot of the things that concern us have to do with other family members. Can I get a witness? Okay. And with that, there comes a certain degree of consternation and all grief. I mean, you know, you name it, problems. But here's what you need to realize in all of that is, is that there is a there are boundaries, if you want to call it that, as to what can happen in your life. And that's not to say that your influence and your prayers and things of that nature cannot help the other person because they can and they do. But you know, at the end of the day, everybody has to make their own decisions. It's the way it is, okay? And, and I know sometimes that's a hard pill to swallow, but God has asked us to pray. He's asked us to be an example. He's asked us to love. And, and that is exactly what we're going to do, you know, in these situations where other family members are concerned. Huh? Always be ready to give a reason for the hope that is within you. Are you with me? And you have to let, leave the rest of it with them. Huh? People, you know, they become, you know, old enough to where they reach an age of accountability, and they have to deal with their relationship with God. It's not you. I mean, I know you know the truth. I know what you want for them. I know that you want to help them. But I've used this illustration before to help others, you know, in this case, because I mentioned the fact that... uh, um, Jack Hayford had like 56 immediate family members within his family, and two of them didn't, weren't living for God. One of them was a lesbian, and the other one, I don't know what the circumstance was, but, you know, they weren't living for God at all. And he, he was praying and saying, God, where would we go wrong? Where did I go wrong? You know, in that, I mean, think about that. I mean, out of that number, you ought to get happy if you only got two of them. He wanted them all in the family of God, living for God, following Jesus. And he said, where did I go wrong? And the Lord spoke to him on the 405 in Los Angeles, California. And he said, well, where did I go wrong with Adam? What did God do? God gave Adam everything. He said, you have dominion over it, baby. It's all yours. But the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, don't partake of that. That's mine. Well, he made the mistake because of the devil's temptation and so on and so forth. You know, so he said, where did I go wrong with Adam? And then the Lord said, where did I go wrong with the nation of Israel? God did all kinds of things for them people. Huh? He delivered them out of Egypt. I mean, he did all of these things. He restored them, you know, and they would, you know, uh, forsake him, go do their own thing, get in trouble, repent, come back. He would receive them. I mean, he's pretty good at this. Huh? Where did I go wrong with them? And then he said, where did I go wrong with Lucifer? Think about that. Here is one of the three archangels in all of heaven, and he decides to go stupid because he said, I'm going to be like the Most High God. And God says, nope, you're not. And that was the end of it. So why do I say that to you? Because I want you to get set free. You know, these, these family members of concern that are in your life, you need to put them really, I mean literally, you need to put them into the hands of your heavenly father and cast your care onto him. You with me? You can stand in the gap for them. You can be that person that prays and says, God, I wanna thank you for intervention. I wanna thank you for your grace. I wanna thank you for your favor. I mean, however you wanna describe it. I mean, you can be that go-between in their behalf. I know somebody had to pray for me. I think about it, I can't wait to go get to heaven because I wanna go back in my pedigree. I know my mother-in-law prayed for me a lot. But anyway, you know, I mean, but even before that, someone in my history, family history, prayed for me. And uh, because it's just like Paul said, every one of us are what we are by the grace of God. So many of us should have been in hell, you know, and God saved us and called us us with a holy calling. Hallelujah. Y'all glad you came today? You know, so so if we want to fix the problems that are in our life, then the answer is found within the Bible. You fix you, and let God fix the rest of them. Amen. You say, "Well, I don't like your answer. It's all I got. I mean, I can't help you any more than that." You know, and and I'm not trying to be unsympathetic or um, insensitive. Uh, To the need that is in your life because no one likes to see people that they love uh, having problems, or however you want to describe it. None of us do. But you have to understand that you were never designed to carry that kind of burden. Are you with me? You know, does that make sense to you? Does that help you? Okay. Uh, Because. Because here's the thing, you know when it comes to man's condition and trying to fix all this and that and the other, we need to realize that the need of mankind is fundamentally spiritually in spiritual in nature. You got to fix the person's heart, the real them, the nature of sin that is in them. That's why Jesus came. Only God could change you from the inside out and make you a new creation. Amen. The Bible says there's no other name under heaven whereby we must or can be saved except the name of Jesus. You'll hear people say, well, there are many different ways to heaven. No, there's not. There's one. And it's through him who is the door, Jesus Christ. And he only is the one who makes that way available. Hallelujah. (coughs) So... If we can address the spiritual need in people, you know, a lot of the other things straighten out. You know, you get people full of the Word of God, and it's amazing how their lives change. Huh? Just getting the Word. And a lot of folk, they don't like that answer. You know, well, I'm not a student. I don't like to study. I don't like to read. I don't like to this. I don't like to that. Well, then you got to stay where you're at. You, wanna, you like that? No, you don't like that. You want something different, something better. Jesus said, you will come to know the truth, and the truth will make you free. So thank God for his living word. Amen. Glory to God. And the truth is, is that people, in general, are alienated from the life of God because of sin, because of ignorance. You know, which it results in death and destruction, You know, to be dead spiritually means to be separated from God. That's why Jesus came, so that we would no longer have to be separated. But someone had to do something about the sin problem, and Jesus did. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. But you have to kneel. You have to bow. You have to surrender. You have to repent. Say, I don't want that life. I want his. Now, you can go through the motions, but guess what? God is fully aware of what's going on on the inside of you, whether you're the real deal or you're not. How many of you know you can't con God? Huh? There is no fake with God. I mean, you might do that with folk, but you're not doing that with God because he knows us better than we know ourselves. But I tell you what, here again, he said that Jesus, in other words, to answer the human need of mankind, he went about, listen, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and disease, uh, you know, that was among the people. So the release of suffering that is going on in the world. Now, you know, a lot of folk, I mean, when you, I mean, Wouldn't it be great if people would just believe the Bible when it comes to this matter about healing? You know, people say, well, you know, God doesn't heal everyone. Well, that might be true, but his will is to heal everyone. And you might as well say it for yourself. You know, everyone means I'm the one. Huh? That's a path we could go down for a long time, which we probably don't have time to talk about today. I'm so glad I found out that Jesus is my healer. And I'm so glad to know, praise God, that he took my infirmities and that he bore my sicknesses. And that by the stripes which he bore on his back, I was healed. Redemption provides divine health for every person who will come and believe. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. God. It's ours. So he went preaching the gospel of the kingdom. How many of you know the gospel is good news? Huh? It's such, that's what gospel means. Good news. Hallelujah. So if whatever it is that we're hearing preached, you know, isn't good news, then it must not be the gospel, you know. God wants to bless you. God wants to heal you. God wants you to be whole. God wants to make your way blessed. God wants favor in your life. He wants grace in your life. He wants peace in your life. He wants joy in your life. He wants gladness in your life. These are the things that Jesus came and gave his life for so that you could live. He wants salvation in your life. He wants the Holy Ghost in your life. He wants blessing in your life. Amen. And, you know, I, I think, you know, it's not that difficult, but really what we got to do is we just got to say, you know what? I'm in that line. Huh? I'm in that line. You know, I, I'm in that line. We were down to Harley-Davidson last yesterday, you know, because... How many, well, you wouldn't know um, Dave Kindig. How many of you know him? You don't know him. Well, it depends on if you're a car guy. He has a show called B-I-T-C-H-I-N Rides. Okay, I just spelled it. That's all I can do. But I'm telling you what, his shop and, the, and what it is they do is phenomenal. So <clears throat> he was down there signing autographs, and I had to get one. Okay. So, I'm, you know, I had to stand in line. Now, there's a beer line over here, and there's a Dave line over here. So you want to make sure you're in the right line. Thank God I was in the right line. So my wife and I, we went up and introduced ourselves and talked to him. Great guy, you know, and everything. Got his signature, whatever. But, you know, if I was in the wrong line, I could end up in the wrong place. Huh? Are you getting this? Okay. So, make sure you're in the right line. You don't want to be in the line of doubt and unbelief, and you know, the person that's always the naysayer and finding out why and being critical of what is wrong and you know, everything that you know is not right and somebody ought to fix. Dude, come on. Life is way too short for all of that. You don't have time to deal with that kind of nonsense. Get in the line. Where the blessing of God is. And <clears throat> now here again, I'm, I'm probably going to, you know, uh, yeah, but you run the risk of making people mad when you preach. Did you know that? That's why you got to stay happy. <laughs> uh, yeah. Because the thing is, is a lot of folk, what they don't realize is they're the reason they're not in the line. It's not your circumstance. It's not somebody else. You know, nobody drug you over and put you in the beer line. You went over there yourself. Okay? So, so you have to decide, I'm, I'm not standing in, in the line of critic or criticism or cynicism huh? or skepticism. I'm not standing there anymore. I'm going to start believing the Bible. I'm going to get over here, praise God, under the spot where the glory comes out. Huh? Where the blessing of God is. You determine that. Nobody else does. Well, you know, my wife, she's always caused me problems. I mean, if I didn't have anything to do with her, it be... Or vice versa. You know, that can work both ways. People are not your problem. I said people are... Now, they may cause problems, but they're not your problem. You don't have to own it. Huh? You with me? This is good preaching, honey. Hallelujah. We were talking about how this was going to turn out. So he went about teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom. To teach means to explain, to preach means to proclaim. So he proclaimed and he taught or explained about the kingdom of God and its functionality in the world. And then, like I said, he healed, glory to God, and relieved human suffering. So that's why he came. The Bible says that Jesus came to seek and to save those that are, who knows the rest of it? Lost. Lost. You know, as a teenager, I didn't know I was lost. How many of you knew you were lost before you got found? I didn't know I was lost, okay? In other words, I had no understanding about what even lost means, you know, to be separated from God. I didn't know I was separated from God. I I didn't know I needed a Savior until someone came along and said, hey, dude, you need a Savior. Huh? Are you with me? So I was lost and I didn't know it. The Bible says Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. And I'll tell you what, praise God, when I found him and I realized what it is that I didn't know, well, it changed my life forever. And I wanted everybody else to know the same truth. that I. You know, the, the Bible makes it clear that we're lost if you don't know Jesus. But what does it mean? I mean, what does it mean to be lost? Here's a verse of Scripture. The Apostle Paul makes reference to this. This is in the uh, English Standard Version. Notice what it says. It should be up here on the screen for you. And even if our gospel, 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 even if our gospel is veiled or hidden, it is veiled or hidden to those, the uh, English Standard says, who are perishing. I didn't know I was perishing. Did you know before you met Jesus that you, I mean, you kind of get what I'm saying here. I mean, obviously we understand our life's going the wrong direction. But I don't know that we understand perishing or lost. Now, notice what it goes on to say here. This helps us in our understanding. Um, It's uh, lost. In their case... The God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers, listen, to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel, of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. So what we come to understand is, is that Number one, we didn't know we were lost. There are people, people you know, people I know, maybe people that are watching on, uh, online right now, they didn't even know, they didn't even know that there was a designation that fit their situation that indicates and makes clear that they are lost. They're lost, they're undone, they're without God in the world. They have bought into some other kind of ideology, some other kind of thinking, some other kind of belief. They, they may think, well, you know, I, I was raised in a church, I got baptized, and you know, I'm a member, so I'm good. Well, no, you're not good. Now, maybe they told you you were good, but you're not good. Because if you don't know Christ. If you have not surrendered your consciously, intentionally given your heart to him, then you don't know him. And you're without him. You're lost. I wish someone would have told me that a long time ago. I wouldn't have had to suffer the things that I suffered through my teenage years all the way up until 19 years of age until I finally found out. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So it's, it's important for us to understand, you know, that people, I mean, they're lost and they're perishing and they don't even know it. Remember I said that my people are destroyed for their lack of knowledge, what they don't know? I'm telling you what, ignorance is not bliss when it comes to eternal things. We need to know the truth. I tell this story, I'll do the abbreviated thing. When Joan and I first got married and we had Brian, he was just a little beater, I don't know, maybe six months old. And we were down in Tulsa, and we were going to these meetings. And so, you know, when you got a child, first one, trying to get everything rounded up, get to the meeting on time and this and that, I just decided that, you know, we'd do this in a hotel room. I'd run across the street to a quick trip, and I'd get some stuff for us, come back, we'd have our breakfast, and then we'd go. It was simpler that way. But the thing was is when I went out there, you know, to the highway and Lynn Lane, no, it wasn't either. It, was, it doesn't matter what the name of the uh, road was. It was four lanes of traffic, and it was during rush hour when they were everybody's going to work. And so, dude, I'm standing there, and I'm waiting for an opportunity to get to another island so that I can do the same thing again for the other traffic going the other way. And I did this for like four or five days. And, you know, I it was before, you know, they advertised the continental breakfasts and, you know, all of these different kinds of things. But when I get ready, uh, got ready to check out, I went down to, you know, the lobby, you know, and I'm going to pay my bill and all this and that and the other. Dude, they got all kinds. They got they got orange juice. They got coffee. They got donuts. They got all this stuff that's in there, you know. And so I'm going in there, and, you know, as soon as you hit the door, man, wow, yeah, now we're talking, you know. And so I said, uh, I said, um uh, what's all that for anyway? Now remember, I'm, only, I'm young. I haven't got this figured out yet. And she says, well, that's for all of our, our guests. And I said, what? He says, oh yeah, we, we have that every morning for everyone. It's free. You know, you can have whatever you want. Dude, I was dumbfounded. My jaw went to the floor. Here I am fighting back and forth, get, trying to get across the street because of what I didn't know. And so I suffered all the mess, and I paid out of my pocket when there was something right here free that I can enjoy. Glory to God forevermore. And it was like four doors down. Same thing's true with the gospel. Jesus came and gave his life so that people wouldn't have to perish. He gave it so that we could live, so that we could have life and life more abundant. I tell you what, my friends, to know him is to love him, and to love him is to know him. And he came so that we would not have to perish. Are you listening to me? There's a lot more I could say, but I think that's sufficient for today. Let's bow our heads. Praise God. Father, we love you so much, and we thank you for what you've done. We're grateful for your blessing in our life, and Father, we thank you for Jesus. He came to give his life as a ransom for all so that we could live. And, Father, as we pray today, we pray for those, Father, who have yet to come to know Jesus Christ in a personal way, whether they're in this auditorium or whether they're online watching. And, Lord, we're asking you by the Holy Spirit to bring or draw them to you right now. Help them to know, Father, there is a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. But also help them to understand, Father, that that their life and, and their fate does not rest in the hands of someone else. It rests within their own hearts and their own minds and their own lives. And so, Father, I pray for them, Father, that they would recognize this need within their life. And that they, Father, would call upon your name. While every head is bowed, please. Every eyes closed, those of you watching online. You know, maybe you have never asked Christ to come into your heart and be the Lord of your life. Well, listen to me. He came just for you. You may not understand all of that, but I'm telling you the truth. Jesus came so that you could live. And he invites you to become a part of his heavenly kingdom. And the Bible says that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So while every head's bowed, eyes closed, no one's looking around. But rather, you're there in an attitude of prayer. If you've never asked Christ to come into your heart and be the Lord of your life, and you'd say by your uplifted hand, Lord, I need you. Can I see your hand wherever you may be in this auditorium? If you're watching online, if this applies to you, may you be the person that yields to him and says yes. Anyone as I look. The Bible says again, whoever calls on his name, Shall be saved. Anyone here this morning? Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I want to lead you all in a prayer. And I just want you to pray the prayer loud enough for you to be able to hear it. If you're there online and you're asking Christ to come into your heart, pray this prayer out loud. Say it with me. Heavenly Father, I come to you today and I recognize my need as a sinner. In, in need of a savior. Forgive me, Lord. Come into my heart and be the Lord of my life. And I thank you for your blessing in my life today. In Jesus' name. Now, dear friend, if you're there online and you prayed that prayer, we would love to hear from you about your decision that you just made. Because I tell you what, we love you and we care about you and we want the best for you. We would love to be able to give you some things to help you get started in your walk with him. And it's important that you do these things. So please call us or you can actually get online, myfc.info. And there's information there that will help you to make contact with us so that we can help you in your walk with the Lord Jesus. Praise God. Now, while we're here in our congregation, I want to address something here that, that surfaced in the context of the conversation. How many of you know that when I, when I minister, I'm ministering for results? I'm ministering for change. And a lot of times there'll be things that come up that I talk about, you know, that I had not planned, but God knows there are people that are in situations that need help and understanding. This morning I talked a little bit about you know loved ones and the concerns we have for them and and how that that very often the message that God has for us is met with some skepticism again because of our existing experience what we what has happened in the past and and where we know where people are and and see, God wants to change that. He does want to intervene. He does want to bring about change, but but he needs you to position your heart in a place where you're not, for lack of a better way of saying it, maybe blaming him. That might be too strong, but, you know, there's this, this reticence like, God, how come you're not doing anything? You know, I've been praying and you know nothing's happening, and you know the response I get is anything but positive. As a matter of fact, it seems to deteriorate, and 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 what happens is is we we carry that on the inside of us. Am I in the right? <coughs> excuse me, right house. And what it does, and 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 don't mistake what I'm saying here, but there is a sense in which it it ties God's hands from being able. To do something in the situation, so it just keeps and that, and then what happens is the devil will say, "See, God, you don't care. He's not listening to your prayer. That prayer stuff doesn't work anyway. I don't even know why you're doing it. You know." And and it 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 breeds more um, separation in your heart before the Lord. That needs to be dealt with. And, and sometimes we don't see it because, see, the subtlety of hell, I mean, he's good at what he does. And if he can drive a wedge or something like that in between you and the Lord, then then you as a divine agent standing in the gap for them, for this, you know, whoever it is, that gets aborted, you know? And, and then, does this all make sense to you? Okay? And so... Um, I, I want to address that uh, today within your heart. So I want you just to bow your heads for a moment. And this is, it, it's important because, um, oh, Father, thank you for your blessing. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I want to thank you for speaking to men and women, men and women's hearts, about circumstances within their family dynamic And Father, I want to thank you for turning on the light in the situations that they're facing. That Father, there's no one that wants to see the turnaround or the change more than you. And God, that they are the divine agent that if kept in the right place, Father, can stand in the gap for that loved one to see this change be brought about. God, I ask you by your spirit to speak to each and every one of our hearts, that Father God, that we would, well, repent for maybe harboring within our heart some sense or, or a reticence that, be, uh, that you aren't doing what needs to be done. And Father, I just wanna thank you that you are faithful and that you will come to their aid And that you will answer their prayer so again while heads are bowed eyes are closed if you find yourself in that place maybe that's you i'm not fishing for anything it doesn't matter i'm just the delivery boy but if you recognize that maybe you've just you know been a little bit irritated or however you want to define it you know about the matter before god and you say you know what i i I want to let this go let me see your hand wherever you're at yeah there you go bless you Yes, thank you, ma'am. God bless you. You can put your hand down. Thank you, Lord. who, Who else will join these? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Anyone else? Hallelujah. Yes, thank you, Jesus. Hmm. hallelujah thank you Father just wait for a few moments here while your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed i'm I'm reluctant I guess probably is the best way to describe this but <laughs> um, sometimes we position our our hearts before God in a um. Well, I'll just say it. Remember, your heads are bowed, eyes are closed, but we position our hearts in a very arrogant and a, and a proud kind of way. That you know, it cer- certainly couldn't be us. But you know, if you if you hold the the, the problem you know, that's in these loved ones lies before God like I'm trying to find these words that will resonate with you, but you know, you you um, you know again that some I guess what I'm saying is is sometimes we can be harboring things within our heart because of pride that we're not even aware of. We can be blaming God and not even conscious of it. And I feel as though there are those, along with those that already raised their hand, that, that there are those, that that's exactly where, uh, where the problem is. Now, it might take you a while to work through that, but if it doesn't happen here today, um, at least I would ask you as your pastor to give consideration to it. Father, bless each and every person here today. Help us, Father God, to know our hearts before you as we should know them. And Father, for those that responded, those that raised their hands, I want to thank you, Lord, for coming to their aid. Not only that, Father, but setting them free. They no longer have to concern themselves with these matters because, Father, you care for them. Pray this simple little prayer with me, if you would please, everyone. Say this with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for your grace in my life and in the life of my family. I pray, Lord, forgive me for doubt and unbelief. And I just thank you that you do everything you promised. In Jesus name. And everybody said amen. Any good? So good. Praise God. Why don't you grab your elements that you have there? We're going to have communion uh, before the Lord. Thanks, honey. Bless you, Father. Bless you, Father. Bless you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory to God. You know, I feel like there's something else here. Before we do this, you know, um, I don't... Let's just pray for a minute. Would you pray with me for just a minute? Let's, uh, let's make sure we get everything cared for here. Hallelujah, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, thank you, Lord. Glory to God, thank you, Father. Praise God, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus, thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you Lord Jesus. Glory to God, Thank You, Father. Father, we just wait on you. Thank you Lord, thank you Lord, thank you Lord, Thank you Lord. Bless you Father God. Glory to God, thank you Lord. Hmm. Thank you Jesus, thank you Lord Jesus, thank you Lord Jesus, thank you Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, thank you Father. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Mmm. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. 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 Mmm. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You Lord Jesus. You Lord Jesus. Amen. Glory Amen. to God. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah! Megalei sumalegesto, envreveles sumalekasta nelikeste, grasse libribe shubugu sa efekestin zelabuta, megades tikala frufiesa sanilemahia. Oh, thank you, Lord. There are many in these last days who fall prey to the lies of the enemy. Yes, he works amongst them to bring lies and deceptions into their hearts, to settle them in a place where they're of no effect. But I have come that you may have life and life more abundant, that my grace would rest upon your life. So walk in the light of the word of God. Enjoy the grace that rests upon you for good and not evil. And yes, stand strong and stalwart, in those times when there would be those that would come against the truth. And be not dismayed nor discouraged, for there is coming a time where great grace, even now, is resting on the church in these last days. And a work of God, the plan of God, yes, the consummation of all things, shall be brought to pass very soon. So lift up your heads, rejoice, And know, praise God, that your redemption draws nigh. Hallelujah. Let's give him some praise. Let's thank him. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. We thank you for speaking to us. Thank you for encouraging us. Thank you for blessing us, Father. Glory to God. We thank you for the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for your blessing in the church. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. Now, here again, you know, when it comes to tongues, the interpretation of tongues, prophecy, things of that nature, people sometimes are a little bit confused about all of that. But all I can tell you in a brief kind of way is is that prophecy is inspired utterance. You know, a person will prophesy by inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Now, when there's tongues and interpretation of tongues, it basically is the equivalent of prophecy. Because the Bible says that when there's prophecy, tongues, interpretation of tongues, that it's for edification, exhortation, and comfort. So if it doesn't meet that criteria of edification, exhortation, and comfort, it's probably not from God. Are you with me? Well, one time we had a guy come to church, dude, and he got up and he started barking out a bunch of stuff. It was junk. Ruined the service, killed the service. We just had to quit and start all over again, you know, and there's a lot to that story. But if you're in a service and you're someplace and whatever it is that's being said in, 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 in the context of prophecy, if it doesn't edify, if it doesn't exhort, exhort means to, you know, call someone near, edify, uh, exhort, and comfort if there's no comfort in it, then forget it. So, what you just experienced there is God saying, You know, there, here's what's going on in the world. This is what I'm doing for you. You stay and walk in the light. Praise God, and you'll be just fine. Amen. Aren't you thankful for that? Praise God. Jesus went to a cross, He died for the sins of this world. He bore upon His back stripes so that by them we might be healed. His blood has cleansed us from all unrighteousness today as we come to the table we call communion or the lord's supper jesus instituted and he said as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup you proclaim or you show my death until i come so what we're doing here this morning is is we're simply acknowledging you know communion is a memorial it's it, it is a reminder it puts us in remembrance. ...of what he did for us... ...so that today we could be here... ...and enjoy the life... ...oh, the Jesus life... ...isn't that wonderful? Bow your heads with me, let's pray... ...Father, we thank you today for this element... ...we hold in our hand... ...representing the body of Christ... ...and Father, just as it says... ...in your word, hallelujah... ...that it is by the stripes... ...that he bore upon his back... ...that we are healed... ...that we receive this, the body of Christ... And we thank you, Father God, for your divine health and healing in our body. You may partake. And Father, we thank you for this cup that represents the blood of Jesus. You said that without the shedding of blood, there could be no remission of sin. But Father God, he has cleansed us, washed us, and Father, taken our sins away. Today, as we partake of this cup, we thank you for it. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. You may partake. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Now, if you want prayer, I want you just to stand to your feet right where you are. If you want prayer, just stand to your feet wherever you're at. Okay? I want you have stood, then I want you just to come make your way down here.